0: I remember when I was a child, uh, my mother had this scar on her upper arm, this round scar. And I asked her, So, Mom, what is that? And she said, Well, honey, that's from my polio vaccine. How many of you have ever seen somebody who had a polio vaccine scar? Okay, you know what I'm talking about. If you are under the age, I don't know, of Let's just go somewhere around my ballpark, okay? Uh, you, you took a polio vaccine in a far less invasive way. But my mother had this scar and she explained to me, Mark, you don't understand. You see, even just a few years ago, people were crippled by this disease in ways that there was no vaccine. But today, we, we largely don't even see it anymore because of it's been eradicated through the vaccine. But, of course, it even infected one of our our presidents in Franklin Roosevelt. Well, today, I want to talk about another disease we don't see too much of here uh, because it, too, has been largely eradicated through um, a vaccine, and that is leprosy. But if you go and you look at the the literature of any people, uh, any culture throughout the world, and you go back in its historical literature, you will see a trail of people who are deathly afraid of leprosy. It's a disease that has impacted every part of our world. Well, I had to look up and see what leprosy really is. It is a long-term bacterial infection that becomes visible in the skin and results in the ability to no longer feel pain. Now, you might think, well, wow, I don't... Not too bad, but if you don't feel pain, then you don't know if you've injured yourself. And if you don't know if you've injured yourself, it can cause infection and eventually even the loss of limbs. Now, in biblical times, if you had leprosy, it literally meant that you were an outsider. And let me show you a scripture from Leviticus. Why? Leviticus 13, uh, 45 and 46 The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose. And he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, Unclean! Unclean! And he shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. And he shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. Okay, now at a time where they didn't have an ability to control infection, this was the solution. And as long as these poor people continued to have this disease, they were required by law to live alone, outside of the touch of the rest of the community. Rabbis, the religious people, were required to take at least six feet between themselves and the leper. And they they literally, when they came around somebody else, were required to yell unclean. Sometimes they even had bells around their neck, like they're animals. Um, And of all the people in Israel who were ostracized the most, it was lepers. But lepers weren't only outsiders because of their disease. Most people thought leprosy came from a secret sin. And so these people were seen as like the biggest of all sinners because they thought obviously this person had committed an incredible sin that isn't known to anybody else, but you can't fool God. God knows, and so their disease was a manifestation of the sin that they must have committed. That is what people thought of leprosy. Now with this background, let's continue in the Gospel of Mark And We're going to take a look at a passage. If you have your Bible with you, if you want to grab the one in front of you, I welcome you to turn with me over to Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 40. Jesus is confronted by a leper, and having just told you, he's a rabbi. So what is Rabbi Jesus going to do when a leper who's supposed to remain in isolation confronts him? Let's hear the word of the Lord. And a leper came to him, that's Jesus, imploring him, and kneeling said to him, if you will, if you want, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him, and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. Now one of the first things, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, that Jesus does to not only announce the coming of the kingdom of God, but to demonstrate that this indeed is at hand, is Jesus goes around and miraculously begins healing people. Why? Because in God's future kingdom, one day, when heaven crashes into earth in its fullness, there will be no more sickness, there will be no more suffering, no more tears, And so with Jesus Christ coming, the kingdom of God is now at hand. And so he is demonstrating in God's kingdom, this is what happens. People are healed. Because it was never God's original plan that any of us would suffer. That any of us would have sickness. So this leper obviously has heard the reports that Jesus is healing people and out of some sense of courageousness, he he musters enough courage to, you know he's breaking the law. He he could be severely punished, And, and he comes out of isolation, and he confronts Jesus. He kneels before him, and he implores him, if you are willing, if you want, you can make me clean. Now, There are a number of ways Jesus could have responded, right? He could have said, and it was in his legal right, to say, get away from me. Go back to your isolation, and how dare you come within my space, particularly as a rabbi. But that's not what Jesus does. He could have simply said, "Uh, I will pray for you, And this is what Moses did when Miriam had leprosy. Moses didn't get anywhere near the disease. He prayed from a distance. Or he could have done what Elisha did. Elisha prayed and said, go wash in the Jordan River seven times and you will be healed. But what Jesus does, and I gotta tell you, this is one of those moments where if you don't recognize and it's hard to see with eyes that are 21st century, in the first century, this would have been scandalous. He reaches out and he touches the leper. People would have thought, number one, that's nuts. Number two, you just spiritually contaminated yourself because when somebody's unclean comes into contact with somebody who's clean, well, it makes them unclean, unless unless you're the king who has authority even over leprosy, even over matters of uncleanliness. So here's a man who, you know, when you get this disease, what you're supposed to do is you go to a priest and they say, yeah, you're infected. Ever since he got this diagnosis, he has been in isolation. Can you imagine how much it meant that the God of the universe touched him. He has not experienced human touch in who knows how long, right? It could have been years. I can't imagine going through one day of not gathering up my little kids and smothering them, right? And and telling my little girl, you better kiss daddy, okay? Uh, And my wife hugging and holding her one day. But imagine years of not being held, of not being touched. Imagine how isolating that would be and how dehumanizing. And so Jesus could have done this in many different ways but if he had stepped back 10 feet, this would be a whole different miracle but that's not what Jesus does. Jesus intentionally touches the man. Why? Jesus not only wants to heal the man physically, he touches him as an act to communicate two really important things. Not only did Jesus heal him physically, but the God of the universe said, you have been banished away from the presence of the people of God, and now I welcome you back. You see, in his touch, not only is he saying, you, my son, are my child. He's also saying, and now that you are healed, you are brought back into the community of God. This this is a huge, huge thing. Last, um, two weeks ago, we talked about a gospel. What's a gospel, okay? It changes the status permanently. It's a historical event that changes everything. I don't know how better Jesus could have communicated the gospel. Uh, He changed this man's status. You are no longer outside of communion relationship with God. You are no longer outside of relationship with the community, and you are healed. It's beautiful, really. And in a sense, You could say that leprosy is something like a picture, an illustration of humanity. Uh, See, because when humanity uh, rebelled against God in the garden, and and, uh, we were then banished. Banished from the presence of God, banished from the Garden of Eden where everything was perfect, and outside, outside from God. And, and here, when you're outside the presence of God, um, there's no hope, there is no healing, there is no, but Jesus, just in the same way that he touched the leper, touches humanity and brings healing and brings humanity back into the fellowship with God for all who would receive it. So, okay, one of the things that is just so beautiful about this picture is just this picture of the gospel, but beyond this, there's something that we can learn as the church about how Jesus ministered to the person who has leprosy, who's banished, who's on the outside. Jesus never denies that the man was unclean. He, he recognizes that there, there's a disease, he knows the man is a sinner, And yet, Jesus did not judge him. He didn't condemn him. He didn't tell him, I can't believe you have this secret sin. He didn't tell him, go wash and then I'll touch you. Jesus doesn't treat anyone like a pollutant. Never, never does he treat somebody this way. And what does he do? Even while this man is unclean, even in the midst of his disease, Jesus reaches out and expresses the love of God in a touch, letting him know he is deeply loved and welcomes him back into the community. Now, one of the most remarkable titles that the Bible gives to us in the church is that it says we are the body of Christ. That, that together, the church is the body of Christ. Now, you put this together. If we're the body of Christ, then how is it that you and I are supposed to respond to the people who are quote, unclean, the outsiders, the people who are not in the community of God? What, what are we supposed to do now? Are we supposed to judge them? Are we supposed to treat them as pollutants? Uh, Should we ask them to go clean themselves up before they ever come in, fearing that somehow that they would contaminate the body? That's not what Jesus did. Jesus welcomed, and he didn't deny that he was unclean, Um, but as he came in contact with Jesus, he was healed. And so the question for us is how in the world could somebody who's on the outside ever be healed if they don't come in contact with the body of Christ? And so we have to be people who absolutely make sure that somebody can come into the community, not fearing their their sin sickness and fearing that it's gonna pollute us because we trust in the healing power of Jesus Christ. You see, and as somebody comes in contact in the loving touch of the body of Christ, they can be healed. The leper says something interesting. He says to Jesus, if you want to. There's this implication that, well, there's a lot of other people, Jesus, who haven't really wanted in my life to help me, but do you want to? I hope you're not one of them. And of course, Jesus says, no, I'm not. I'm willing, I want to help you. And we, as the body of Christ, have to be about the same exact thing. We have to be people who are willing, who want to help those who are on the outside, filled with compassion to offer the touch to people who are outside. And we have to be patient. Patient in how many times we offer this relational touch. We have to be gentle with our healing words. We don't deny that they have a sin infection. But we don't fear that person coming into the body because we believe in the healing power of God among us. You with me? Yes, Mark, we're all with you. Okay. Uh, now did you notice something else? Jesus, he, the order of what he does is kind of interesting and it's also something we can learn from. Jesus touches the man first. Now, I I was reading this passage all week, and it struck me, it doesn't say how long it was before he touched him and then spoke. I wonder if Jesus just put his hand on this man and looked in the face of a guy who's not experienced touch for a while. Just communicating, I care for you, you are loved. And then he spoke. You know, the preaching of the church, particularly today, is only credible as we extend this relational touch to others, as we earn the right to be heard. And as we extend this touch, we then show people the love of Christ in a way that then they can begin hearing what we say. You see, this is why our church practices oikos. What do we do before we say anything? we pray for them, we invest in them with a relational touch, and we invite them in that order because that's what Jesus showed us to do. Now, having set this up, now let me address the question that I put into, I hope, your mind, which is, okay, pastor, what about healing today? Um, If the kingdom of God is broken into this world and Jesus was all about healing people and and he said to the leper, hey, I'm willing to heal you, why don't we see more miracles in the church today? Now, some people would say, well, look, there is no such thing as a miracle. Uh, There is um, scientific medical evidence that, that that's the only place that you can get significant healing. Now, what I want to say is we have some incredible doctors in this church. And what I don't want to do is somehow suggest that, well, there's medical science and then there's, there's things of spiritual. You see, there is no dualistic idea. Uh, God uses these doctors in ways that, thank God, he's, he's given us technology in this. But if we discount at all that there is a spiritual process in here, that there is a supernatural It totally defies what scripture says. In fact, I wanna show you a study that Harvard Medical School in 1998 put out a survey uh, to people and they they sponsored a conference called Spirituality and Healing in Medicine. And one of the questions asked this, uh, do you believe prayer, meditation, and other spiritual and religious practices exercise a major positive role within the healing process? 86% of Americans in general said yes, I do believe this. 94% of HMO professionals said yes, but 99% of family physicians said you know what? I see people who are sick every day and there's something to the power of prayer. There's something to the supernatural thing. And, And that to me was just astonishing. Okay, so there are some people who just, they discount there is no supernatural. Then, there's some people, there's another view that it's a minority view, but it's out there, of people who say, well, you're sick because you sinned. And this is God's punishment on your life. Deal with it and learn from it. I'm not even gonna take any time on this just to tell you it's wrong. This is not the Bible's view on these things. Uh, and especially after Jesus Christ has come, and paid the price for for sin. It, it's just not it's not a biblical view. Then there are some people who believe uh, that in the they believe in the New Testament. They believe that God poured out miracles, uh, and 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 in the early church to affirm who Jesus is, to affirm the ministry of the apostles in the in the book of Acts. But they say, well. That was just to give some momentum to the church in affirmation, but that gift doesn't exist today. You see, No, that was just at the time. And the technical uh, description for this is cessationism, that, that this healing power of God is, is ceased, okay? And I think mostly people draw this conclusion because they don't see it. Um, but here's the problem. If the kingdom of God is at hand, and if Jesus said that this has come, then the God who really cares for you, not only spiritually, but also physically, and wants to see you whole, then we must allow for healing today. Um, we have to. And just because we haven't witnessed healings as frequently as we see in the New Testament does not mean they don't exist. In fact, I know there are people in this room today who will tell you, I know they exist because I know people. And especially if you go to third world countries today, I can guarantee you they would tell you, "Uh uh-huh, God is deeply at work. Okay, so just because we don't see them does not mean that they don't exist and who are we to put a limit on what God can do today? So, having said this, I will say, sometimes it's surprising to me that we don't see God act more frequently and I gotta tell you that often I'll have some of you in my office and I'll even shed a tear with you and we will pray together for God's healing and I, I... I don't understand sometimes why God doesn't pour out his healing now. One day, God will pour out his healing in fullness, but I wish as your pastor that I could say, I understood why God doesn't do it more frequently. But what I can tell you this morning, and the most important thing I can tell you, is the miracle of healing that God wants to bring in all of our lives that goes beyond our physical Goes to our healing with sin. Um, a few weeks ago, we studied Mark two, and we talked about how these men brought this guy who uh, could not walk. They brought him on a pallet. They couldn't get in to see Jesus, so they ripped a the hole in the roof. And as they're they're lowering it before Jesus, they they I mean it's it's clear this man can't walk. And what does Jesus say to him? My son. Your sins are forgiven, and every time in my mind when I think of this, I just know Peter's their elbow going. Jesus, it's his legs, All right? I mean, we know this, but Jesus says your greatest need for healing, despite what you might be thinking right now, is not physical. Your greatest need for healing is related to the sin that's infecting everything within you, which includes. The physical. I mean, let's, so let's remember what sin is, what it does. See, sin is about a broken relationship. It breaks our relationship with God, with others, and even with ourself. See, it, it's a disease that infects us in such a way that it brings brokenness all around us. Um, and some of us, you know, you're here today, and you have, maybe you're here for the first time, and and you're needing healing in your relationship with God, you're needing healing in this place of sin that's blocked your relationship with God, and um, maybe you're even here today and you're harboring resentment because God hasn't given you physical healing in the timing you've wanted it. Uh, let me let me tell you how to ask for healing here, and I've told you a number of times: a, admit you need God's healing, B, believe in Jesus Christ and that he is the one who actually can bring this for you because of what he's done, the cross and the resurrection, and C, no matter what he does to bring you physical healing, commit yourself to him and ask for forgiveness as you follow him. But the same Jesus who encountered the leper and said, I want to heal you, and bring you back into fellowship with me, is the same God who's speaking today to you, who says, I want to heal the effects of sin in your life to bring you back into relationship with me. It's our deepest need. And then there's other of us who are here, and you're struggling from the wounds of sin, and the way that it has broken your relationship with other people. Some of you are in so much pain over the way that someone has treated you in your life, that you just can't even go through a day without feeling the past wound of someone in your life. Maybe even this morning you had a fight with the person you're sitting right next to, okay? Sin has a way of breaking our relationships with one another, and maybe you even this morning need to have healing for what you did to someone else. But the same God who went to the leper and restored him to fellowship with the body, and healed relationships with others, is the same God who this morning wants to meet you with that healing power. And then finally, of course, we all struggle with our relationship with ourselves. Can I tell you, um, whether you call it mental illness or not, every one of us struggles psychologically. We struggle with our self worth. We struggle with wounds that have happened. That you look in the mirror, and I do it every day, and just think, you know, there's something that's just not quite right in our personal relationship with ourself. What I want to tell you today that Jesus is the great physician who wants to heal the fevers of the soul, this burning of anger that's within you, this burning of resentment, of envy, these feverish beliefs you have about your self-worth. You see, the same God who came to the leper and healed this man of his leprosy and his own doubts about his worth is the same God who wants to come to you today to say just as we did to the child to Holden earlier, you are my child. And you are deeply loved. No matter what, I want to bring healing into your soul. And when you think about it, right? Okay, these are the most important places we need healing. One day we're all going to die, physical healing or not. But these areas, with God, with others, and with ourselves, are the things that are Eternal. These are the places God really wants to bring the deepest healing for us. And these are the places where miracles are happening all over the place. They continue all over through the Holy Spirit. Well, today, as I mentioned, I want to offer you the opportunity to come in touch with the body of Christ. Some of you have written out prayer cards, and that's good. But I, there's something about coming to God Agree in prayer with two, maybe three people, and to be able to say, I need this healing in my own life. Whether it's healing with God, whether it's healing with others, whether it's healing with yourself, and maybe also physical healing. Um, Maybe uh, you have been like this leper, Uh, maybe you've been carrying this weight. Uh, of what you're feeling is uncleanliness and not being connected to the community, and, and you're um, ashamed. Uh, you're wondering, you know, and if I come forward and I tell people what I'm really struggling with, would they judge me? Let me tell you, no. Okay? I want you to turn to the next person, person and to say to everybody, we're all messed up. Okay? <laughs> Okay, you're, we're all, every one of us, okay? And so if somebody comes forward, we all need to come forward. Look, look to the person, you really need healing, okay? Look. You won't be judged, you won't be rejected. We all are sinners, we all have wounds, we all have darkness. And whatever you share in prayer, will be held in confidence. That's dramatic. I love it. And so you ask, well, so, you know, like the leper took courage to come out of the shadows. Today would be a good day to come out of the shadows. And when you pray for healing, how should we pray? Okay? Let me put this up on the screen. The leper gives us a pretty good model for this. He says, Lord, because who is it that has the authority to help you in this? the great physician. He is the Lord. He is the one who brings ultimate healing. And then he says to Jesus, if you want. You see, and what that does is that gives us, a re- we acknowledge Jesus. You, you can do this, but it's in your timing. It's in your way. And whether it's now or in eternity, I trust you. But there is a sense that ultimately by faith, we say, I know you can heal me. You see, Jesus is the one who has the power to heal, not just in the first century, but now. So there's a good model for us that I'm going to leave up on the screen as we have this time together to remind you. And let me invite our prayer partners to come forward now. And so, uh, like I said, um, we're going to have this time of worship. And whether you come forward or not, I really encourage you to Uh, take some time to pray. Pray not only for the people coming forward, but pray for yourself. And and ask the Holy Spirit to do something special today. And ask God for the kingdom of God uh, to be here on earth, even as it is in heaven, for people who are with us today who are hurting and suffering and let me say, uh, of these people up here, uh, they will have a little bit of oil that if you want, they will anoint you with. And may that touch of the oil remind you of the touch of Jesus Christ and his healing power in your life. And whether he chooses to heal you now or later, you are loved. But I would encourage you to bring whatever it is that you're struggling with. Wherever it is that you need the healing touch of God forward to the body of Christ. Let's pray. Jesus, you are the one who instead of turning away the leper, as unclean, as, as somebody who didn't deserve to come into your presence, you, you allowed him to come. And not only that, but you touched him and you healed him. This is the testimony of your word, and we believe that you are Lord and can bring healing. And Lord, we say together that you can heal. We know you can. We know by faith. And we say, Lord, if you will, we know you can. And so whether your willingness is now or whether it's one day in in heaven, we're gonna trust you. But Lord, you tell us to pray, thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth, even as it is in heaven. And one day in heaven, there is no sickness, there's no suffering, there's no mental illness, there is no broken relationships, it's all healed. But we would like to experience more of that now, Lord. Not for our just comfort, although I know you love and want that for us as well, but we pray it for your glory and because you tell us to. And so now, Lord, as we come forward We would ask that your spirit would be poured out in ways that would bring healing and wholeness to your body. In Jesus' name.